I'd ask you to to take your Bibles and go with me to Philippians chapter 4. Philippians chapter 4, beginning in verse 1. And um, I've mentioned to a few of you that it's been a little hard to to study for this message. This is our our last message together as as pastor and and church family. I would love to, to see some of you. And uh, you have a place to stay if you'd like to come down to West Palm Beach. And so this is not, um, because t- I think Tyler Lee's told everybody at the at Franklin Memorial Hospital, if that's the case, I might as well just out that on Sunday morning as well. Uh, but just because we're transitioning to a different assignment does not mean that we cannot stay in contact. It does not mean that this is goodbye. It does not mean uh, that we can never stay in contact so we've had some people just goodbye, and it's like planes, cars, and, and phones, and, and so forth. So, um, but, but it has been a little difficult um, preparing for this. So I, I have landed on one verse, and we'll use some supporting verses there in the book of Philippians to get this message across. But I wanted to take a few moments that we have together and just praise God for what He has done among us at Rocky Mount Baptist Church. And before we get into that, I would like to, to talk about football and food very quickly, and then we'll transition to this text. Um, your, your next pastor will not be Jeff Robinson, and for that, many of you will be thankful. Football, you take, for example, Brett Favre, different style of play. Peyton Manning. Different style of play. Brett Favre will punch you in the face. Even if you're an opposing lineman and you still have your helmet on. Peyton Manning will say something so smart you don't realize it until four days later that he just made you look like a fool in front of the whole football squad. All right? The point here is that there are different styles of leadership. There are different personalities. And you guys have been so gracious to me with my quirks, with my personality, with my style. And for that, I thank you. And I would just encourage you to just make it a goal to, con- to, to encourage and love the next pastor just as you have loved me. So there's a football illustration. And I know that we're in a Baptist church, so food always goes over well. You take two different types of restaurants. You can take Italian. Jen and I love Carabas. Um, to go over there and eat, and you can take that, and then the Franklin County favorite, El Rio, Jeffrey Caldall. All right, he's a stockholder there. If you go to Carabas and get upset because they don't have the California burrito, it's a little silly, right? Same way if you, you come into El Rio and they give you chips, and you say, well, where is my white Italian bread? with the olive oil and with the seasoning to go with it. It doesn't make sense, right? Because they're two different types of restaurants. Still good food. Still when you leave, you say, wow, that was so good. I'm ready to take a nap. So the point here is whether you're talking about football or food or even business leadership in the business world or styles of teaching in the classroom or different styles of parenting and we won't even go there. Or different styles of leadership within the church. God can use all of the above. Different backgrounds. Different personalities. And he will use that for his glory. And there is 
um, an instance in the New Testament to where some of the people got confused in the Corinthian church. And some were saying, well, I was baptized by Paul. So I'm, I'm almost, they didn't say exactly this way, but it was almost a sentiment like I'm a Paulite. I'm a, I'm a follower of Paul because he baptized me. And others say, well, well, Peter was the one who led me to Christ, and so I am of Peter. And then there's a man named Apollos, and Apollos had shared the gospel. I'm, I'm of Apollos, and the apostle Paul says, no. He says, God can use different people to lead us and influence us towards Jesus Christ, but the one who we worship is Jesus Christ. Because he's the only one that qualifies as a Savior. And so I want to give those words of encouragement to you. Just, just pour into your next pastor just like you have poured into me. Philippians chapter, chapter 4, beginning in verse 1, the Bible says, Therefore, my brothers, whom I love and long for, my joy and crown, stand firm thus in the Lord, my beloved. As I was preparing for this message, I said, Boy, that verse says everything that I feel about Rocky Mount Baptist Church. And it provides reasons to praise God for what he's done here. Notice what the Apostle Paul, how he packages this. He says, therefore, my brothers, and, and that's in the original language, that's the, the beloved ones. And Jen and I, we love Rocky Mount Baptist Church. He says, the beloved ones and the ones that I long for, it means to earnestly desire to be with. You see, there are certain people that were around and we praise God when we're able to get an out of that conversation. But there are other people that we are around and we say, man, it's just like they have charged me up. They've encouraged me. And over these almost six years, you guys have encouraged me in more ways than I can even list this morning. To desire company. You see, often there's people in church life and they, they get along for a little bit in order to, for the greater goal to happen, which is reaching people for Christ. But I can truly say that I praise God for the, for the love that he has given us. And I can say that I love and I long for Rocky Mount Baptist Church. I enjoyed our times together, and I look forward to what God is going to continue to do here. So then a question, though, comes is what would cause this sort of a bond between people? You see, in, in the lost world, struggle together can actually bring people together. There are movies upon top of movies and books upon books about that to where people suffer through things together and it brings them closer. But what makes it different with a faith family of followers of Jesus Christ is that when we struggle together for a common cause that is greater than ourselves, it not, only, it not only binds us together, but it gives us a goal. It gives us a job that transcends and goes far beyond even our lives here. That's those of you who have been able to go on a mission trip overseas and you meet these people that are brothers and sisters in Christ. You can't speak their language and they can't understand you, but there's some type of connection that you feel that you have with those people that you've never felt with people that you're related to. And the reason is because they're your family. You see? Family's not just blood. Family is something that God does when He saves people and they all have the same Father and they all have the same Lord. 
You see, what has brought us together from different walks and different backgrounds has been the gospel of Jesus Christ. Something that goes far beyond and something that goes beyond socioeconomic backgrounds. And it brings people together so that the Apostle Paul could say, and I can say for Rocky Mount Baptist Church, that you are my joy and my crown. The word joy in in the Greek New Testament is kara, where you can get the word charis, or those uh, who are actually named kara. And the word for crown is actually where we get our word Stephen. So Stephen or Stephanie, it, it literally means crown. And I just think of all that the Lord has done among us. You say, well, Jeff, why were the Philippian believers the crown and the joy of the Apostle Paul? If you flip back to chapter 1 quickly with me, beginning in verse 3, he gives reasons that I think are applicable to us today. He says in chapter 1, verse 3, I thank my God in all my remembrance of you, always in every prayer of mine, for you all making my prayer with joy. Here's the reason. Because of your partnership in the gospel from the first day until now. Verse 6, And I am sure of this, that he who began a good work in you will bring it to completion at the day of Jesus Christ. It is right for me to feel this way about you all. Here's another reason. Because I hold you in my heart for or because you are partakers with me of grace both in my imprisonment and in the defense and confirmation of the gospel. I can't share these things this morning because of confidentiality, but many of us have walked through journeys over these past few years. And I want to let you know that there are times that God will give people different assignments with us going to Florida, but Jesus Christ will never leave you, and He will bring brothers and sisters alongside you to be in the trenches to suffer for the cause of Jesus Christ. And that's why the Apostle Paul follows that in verse 1 of chapter 4 with a command. He says, stand firm thus in the Lord, my beloved. You see, love and commands always go together. A parent loves their child, so they command the child not to do certain things that are going to hurt the child. And I plead with you, Rocky Mount Baptist Church, through the power and the grace of Jesus Christ, continue to stand firm in the gospel. Don't back up from it. And we talked about the last couple of weeks. It very well could be that our transition to this new assignment could be the opportunity that some of you to say, you know what, I need to stand up and I need to begin to be involved in the ministry to a degree like I never have been before. And let me just go through a few of those, the reasons why I think it's appropriate and right to praise God for what he's done here. I praise God in Rocky Mount Baptist Church for what God has done among, done among us and that there has been a refusal to show favoritism based upon socioeconomic status. You don't have to be around church very long and you don't have to be around folks who have been in church for years, especially in the past, to where those who had deep pockets could come into the church, they could throw their money weight around and whatever they wanted to happen, happened because people realized that they had Money. That's a prostitution of the gospel. That's a sellout. I praise God that in Rocky Mount Baptist Church, I could give you story after story about people who have come here who have been in dire need, and there wasn't a committee, there wasn't a team, and people through the leading of the Holy Spirit was there to try to meet the needs for these families and these children. Absolutely unbelievable. Praise God. 
for the refusal in Rocky Mount Baptist Church to say, you know what, we want everyone to come, those who are partially employed, those who have no job, those who are employed with a job to where they think that all they do is work the job to be able to get there and get back and make the house payment to those who have disposable income because the gospel is for all people and the church is not just all about money. And if we put the gospel at the center of what we do, and we glorify Christ, He'll provide what we need to do the ministry. And that's what we've seen here at Rocky Mount Baptist Church. You see, what we've seen is we've seen leadership here rise up, not based upon their social standing in the community necessarily, but based upon their devotion to Christ. You say, Jeff, how can I, how can I serve in Rocky Mount Baptist Church? One way you could do it is to fill out the connection card even on your bulletin right now and fill it out with your name and information. Anything that you want to be involved with because here's the thing. We believe that true spiritual growth doesn't just happen when we learn a bunch of facts and we grow larger and larger in our knowledge database, but we're not able to serve. We believe that true spiritual growth comes when we're able to put it into practice. If you're looking for a place to get plugged in, this is the place to do it. And I believe there have been crucial points over the last few years in our church history. The fact that we chose to align with a group of churches, the Southern Baptist Conservatives of Virginia, who actually believed the Bible, that was a crucial point in our history. The allowing of God as He provides people who have the skills to do different types of music. You know, there's some churches, and what just happened here on the stage a few moments ago would not go over well. But Rocky Mount Baptist Church says, you know what? We value the gospel and we want people to be reached for the glory of God. Mission trips. There are some churches that say, you know what? It costs a whole lot of money to do mission trips. And the argument of Rocky Mount Baptist Church is it costs more to be disobedient. Children's ministry. Praise God for those of you that come and you work with the children. Amen, church. Let's praise God for that. I mean, it is an awesome thing. Now, now, albeit some of you have to go take a day of vacation. That's the reason why you don't go anywhere. You say, I've taken all my vacation because I have to take Monday just to, just to detox from it. But praise God for you. And do you know what an impact that has made? Because when you take it, let's say you take a young couple and they've not been in church before, they've been de-churched for a long time, and they come back and they walk into a nursery area and they have somebody there that hates their life and hates kids. And you can tell it. They, they come into the nursery and the child begins to cry just a little bit. No crying in the house of God. You know, and it's just like, whoa, you know, glad you're here. And then the parents are like, what do we do? Like our child comes out, they haven't spoken for nine days and they're four, Right? Like, it's a, I'm telling you, a lot of times these things, pastors get far more blame and credit than they deserve. The true praise goes to the people who are behind the scenes, the people who are making sure that cables are plugged in correctly on stage, those who are working with students and with children. And I praise God that when young families come, regardless of their background, they're able to hand over, surrender their children for a little while to people who love children because they love children. Jesus. And Jesus loves children, so therefore, Rocky Mount Baptist Church values children. I remember when when younger unchurched people began to come and attend our worship gatherings. I remember there there was a couple comments. A couple. About the dress. 
Because nobody, I mean, it, it was a new thing. And then we had a discussion to say, you know, number one, if we want to be biblical, Josh Smallwood's with me on this, let's grow a beard. <laughs> Guys, throw the razors away. Let's go full on Moses beard. Number one. We're going to be super biblical. Let's scrap the shoes, sandals. If we're going to be really biblical, scrap the trousers, robe time, guys. Gird up your loins. <laughs> and we had that discussion. Say, number one, it, it's not an issue of, of that. But secondly, if there's someone that comes in here and maybe they're not dressed even appropriately, how do you know that that person's ever had a mom or a dad in their life even to show them basic sense? And it was like we had that discussion and there was just like, you know what, that's absolutely true. And we're glad that people come and even if they come dressed however, even if they come undressed, we can find a robe somewhere from a play that was done in 1982 and dress them in a robe. That was awkward, moving on. I praise God that in Rocky Mount Baptist Church, we said, you know, what does the scripture say? And you as a faith family said, we will not show favoritism based upon socioeconomic identity. Doesn't matter how you're dressed. Doesn't matter if you're tatted up or not tatted up, which by the way, it doesn't matter what's on your skin. It matters who is in control of your heart. And boy, we just saw what normally doesn't happen in church, just the grace of God pour over this congregation. I remember there was a young man who came who hadn't been in church in a long, long, long time. And he had the look of a guy who hadn't been in church in a long, long, long time. And I remember one of our dear sweet ladies, she was in her late 70s, walks up to him, I mean, dressed to a T. It's a younger generation, I mean, we, we haven't realized that you can go to Walmart in something other than your pajamas. That may have been too far. I don't know. Maybe. But the older generation, man, they, they've got that class. That, I mean, even I saw a lady, and she, you know, older lady, go, go, I'm going to go get gas, and she's going to be ready because I may see somebody. Us younger people, would, I mean, it's, it's a disaster. We won't even go there. But she's dressed to a T. And this guy who's not dressed that way, she walks right up to him, grabs his hand with both of her hands and says, we are so glad that you're here and we hope that you and your family come back. And I said, that's the gospel. That's the gospel. Different generation, different style, different view on tattoos and hair and earrings and whatever. I mean, whatever it may be. But it's the gospel to say every person is made in the image of God. And whoever they are, we are excited that they're here. And even if somebody comes from the wrong side of the track, we should be double pumped. Because guess who Jesus hang out, hung out with? the people who had been disenfranchised from the entire religious establishment. I think we need to praise God for what He's done in Rocky Mount Baptist Church for that. Praise God. And I also think that there's reason to praise God that what we've seen in Rocky Mount Baptist Church is a commitment to worship God rather than tradition. A commitment to say we are here to worship God rather than tradition. Many churches say we've never done it that way before. And by the way, give that church a decade or two, it'll be a dead church. 
And in fact, in our own personal lives, there's many times I say, Lord, I've never done that before. It's probably the very thing that I should do. I remember with our sanctuary renovations, those of you who hadn't been with us very long, there used to be a, a long rail here. It was called a modesty rail. And the entire band was on this stage. And we say, you know what? The vision is for us to see one day this stage filled with people who are singing and playing instruments to God and to glory. And, and that's what we see. And we had a business meeting and we talked about it. And there were some say, you know what, Jeff? I've been here for a long time and we want to see people reach. But I just, I just like the rail. And guess what? That's okay. Seriously. We had that discussion. Say, you know what? I just, I would love to see the rail stay. And some said, we, we understand what's going on and we want to see the worship ministry grow. But you know, in a lot of places, guess what? There was another choir pew here. Here. And guess where it is? It's no longer here. But if you talk about a way to split a church, start cutting up choir pews with a buzzsaw. I'm not kidding. We said, you know what? Some of us would like to see it move and some would like to see it stay, but we are together on the gospel. We we're able to transition with that to the glory of Jesus Christ, which that speaks to your gospel-centeredness, your gospel-mindedness, and your vision to reach Rocky Mount and Franklin County with the gospel. I praise God for the openness to technology, podcasts, the website, Matt Mills, Jerry Clark, all of our media team, these people have put in so much work, even to the point that if you have a smartphone, I encourage you, whip it out, even in the middle of the church, download the Rocky Mount Baptist Church app. It's a customized app for Rocky Mount Baptist Church. Download it. You can get updates. I praise God for what we've seen here with an openness to do things differently. Even with our harvest festivals, it's such an awesome event. There's another person in the church in the area, and they said, we saw on Facebook that y'all had a mechanical bull. I've tried to get a mechanical bull at my church for years, and they won't do it. Because somebody may get hurt. I'm like, you don't know Rocky Mountain Baptist Church. I was narrowly voted down to have throwing axes out there. You know, they're like, we can have mechanical bulls. But just stuff like that, you, might, you may be new with this. Like, this is the weirdest sermon I've ever heard in my life. I'm telling you, a lot of churches, things like that, they seal the deal and they keep the lid on the church. I praise God for Rocky Mount Baptist Church allowing the Holy Spirit to work to say we have a commitment to worship God rather than a tradition. I praise God for this church valuing what Christ values, children, and the homebound. You know what the homebound can offer a church? Not a whole lot. Can't come. Most are on a fixed income, so their giving would be minimal to any line item in the budget, any mission trip. But because Jesus values those who cannot, quote, help us, that's the gospel. And what we've seen here especially, I praise God for these deacons that we have valued as a church family, those who would love to be with us, but those who are not able to be with us. And that is a mark of a true gospel-centered church. Do we value young families? Absolutely. Children, youth? Absolutely. 
But what often can happen in a church that grows is those who are no longer able to attend can be forgotten. But I want you to know that there's an encouragement team here who writes cards. Many times these encouragement cards are to people in other states that are having surgeries. One of our senior ladies classes takes it upon themselves to adopt these people that are homebound and to minister to them. The deacons do that as well. And I praise God for a church that values what Christ values. I praise God that in Rocky Mount Baptist Church, we are willing to take a stand on the authority of Scripture. Not only that, but there's been a a receptivity, an openness to the hard teachings of Jesus Christ. We've touched issues such as abortion, homosexuality, divorce, treatment of the poor, money, tithing, grace giving, hell, judgment, discipleship, human depravity and sin, and radical regeneration. And I know there's so much pressure on churches today, and we are told you need to be on the right side of history as far as the homosexual issue is concerned. And for us as followers of Jesus Christ, we look back on history, and we see how that argument was used many times in the past. If we had been alive in the early part of the 20th century, we would have been told that Bolshevism and communism was the wave of the future. It was the workers' revolution and what started in Russia would spread all over the world. And if we were going to be on the right side of history, we have to join in the revolution. But we see how that brought more suffering than any other ideology in history. If we had been in Germany in the 1920s and 1930s, 1940s, We would have been told that the unstoppable German armies, that is the wave of the future. No one can stop them. If you want to be on the right side of history, you say, Sieg Heil, and throw out your right arm. That's how you get on the right side of history. Some of us may even remember in the U.S. in the 1950s, if you studied theology during that time, Liberal scholars such as Rudolf Bultmann told Christians that if Christianity is to survive in Europe and the United States, it has to throw away any belief in the supernatural. Jesus did not literally rise from the dead. That's what he would say. He said, we have to make Christianity in the Bible appealing to modern man. That's the wave of the future. You evangelical, fundamentalist, Bible-believing Christians, you've got to make the Bible acceptable by editing out supernatural accounts. That's how you become on the right side of history. And today in America and Europe, the conservative Bible-believing churches by and large are growing and the liberal churches are dead or they have dried up on the vine. And today, since the 1970s, there's been a concentrated effort. I'm actually reading a great book uh, right now on that. It's called Consistent Witness, the History of the Christian Church in Regards to Homosexuality. And throughout the entire history of the church, there are creeds, statements, confessions going back to the time of the apostles saying that homosexual behavior and acts are a sin before God But the church must minister to homosexuals as well as heterosexual sinners. But since the 1970s, you guys know this. There's been a concentrated effort to try to get the churches to water down the teaching on biblical sexuality and on the family. 
And because we love God, because we love people, we must continue to teach what the Bible has to say about sexuality. And I praise God that in Rocky Mount Baptist Church, there is open arms to those who may struggle with gender identity. Those who may say, Jeff, or church, I'm struggling with same-sex attraction. What do I do? There are people in Rocky Mount Baptist Church that care. But here's what we have to do and what we have done, and we praise God for it, to call sin, sin. And we do it with a tear in our throat, a tear in our eye, and with an outstretched hand saying Jesus can save and Jesus can change. And we all struggle with sin, but Jesus is a mighty Savior. And when we're told again and again on Facebook and Twitter and on the news that us evangelical Bible-believing Christians are on the wrong side of history, We say like Pastor Brad Witt, he says, quote, those today who are worried about being on the wrong side of history had better be more concerned about being on the wrong side of eternity. You see, history, at least the way most of us understand the Scriptures, is going to culminate in a massive rebellion in the end times against God Himself. Everybody, for the most part. If you're not in that, You're definitely on the wrong side of history until the one who has created the world in which history has taken place, Jesus Christ, comes and it's the battle of Armageddon and we see who's actually in control of history. And I encourage you, as you walk forward in these next years, to continue not only to receive the hard, unpopular, countercultural, makes me squirm in my seat teachings of Jesus from the Scripture. Not only do not just simply be open to them, but receive them, believe them, and run with them to the glory of God. And students, I just want to encourage you, just like these examples, every Virtually every generation in the past has been told in some way or another, you've got to believe this, you've got to do this, because if not, you're going to be on the wrong side of history. When you follow God and His Word, that's how you're on the right side of eternity. I praise God for the receptivity to our teachings on finances. It was this past year in a church meeting that we voted to allocate $100,000 to a vision fund. Next pastor is going to have something to work with, Fred. Because people here had been so generous to the work work of Jesus Christ. For 2015, we had over $92,000 that was given over budget. Which we upped the budget wanting to bring on an additional pastor, an associate pastor of students and families. So don't stop giving. Continue to give and give more to the work of Jesus Christ. I praise God for the work that he's done here through missions. We've been to Costa Rica multiple times, been to Romania. And then when we wanted to go to India, that trip fell through. And we don't exactly know why, but we were willing to go. And I encourage you, Rocky Mount Baptist Church, as you continue to go forward, don't just take that little light, like some of us heard that little light of mine song when we were kids. Don't just take that and try to be surrounded by other lights. Go straight into the darkness through the power of God, because he will never ever leave you. Be overwhelmed by the sufficiency of God to say, Jeff, we're hurting because our pastor is left. But guess what? Jesus is not left. 
And if Christianity had been about certain styles of leadership, it would have died long ago because what we found out in the first few centuries of the Christian church is whenever the pastors of the apostles would be killed, the church would just explode more and more and God would raise up men and women. So I encourage you, I beg you, continue to come, continue to give, and be crazy and invite your friends even when you don't have a regular pastor because you're inviting them to hear the word of God, not just for personality. And remember our hope that we have through Christ. Remember that in atheism, this is what Dr. Doug Grutheis said, with atheism we have no God, no hope. Buddhism, we have no God, a dead founder, no hope. Hinduism, many gods, no hope. Islam, one dead prophet, no gospel. Christianity, we have one living God whose son, Jesus Christ, was raised from the dead in space-time history to defeat the snare of sin and death. It is the power of God that sustains us. And on that note, I'm going to ask my friend Marvin to come up and share just a moment his story and the power of God and what he's done in his life. Can you make my friend welcome this morning? I already felt welcome, thank you. 33 years ago, I moved through life at about 100 miles an hour with no particular destination in mind. I committed a murder. I spent eight years in prison, and that's the end of my story. The last thing I wanted you to know was that I committed a murder and spent time in prison. Now, I did the eight years four times over. But my story ended 25 years ago. I picked up a Bible and read it. It was fascinating. I read it again, and I found that it was alive. It had a voice, and it spoke to me. And I chose at that point to believe it. Mm. I chose to believe in Jesus Christ. I was absolutely sure that I had no choice because of what I had done but to go to hell. But I was wrong. God had so much love and respect for me, his creation, that he allowed me to retain the grand privilege of choice. Whether or not I went to hell was up to me. When you've been that far, that deep into the dark side, to have God come there and to offer you the opportunity to follow him back, hmm. it leaves you with a gratitude that is ineffable but I can live with gratitude. Exactly as the Bible said he would do, God gave to my belief the gift of faith. Mm. And I learned that my belief had been a prodigy, but faith, faith is a savant. Faith enables me to serve God, and it's God's gift to me. He still does it all. Now, at 95 miles an hour, my desire is to serve him. I let off a little bit. I don't want to miss anything. <laughs> Anyone who is looking for a way to live, a better way to live, or a way out of where you are and you don't want to be, might find, as I do, that the Christian life is a wild one, and I wouldn't trade it for anything. Amen. So what? Everybody has a story. So this. You know a woman who was diagnosed with cancer and recovered. You did not read about her in guideposts. You know her. 
She stood before you about a month ago and professionally told you about her experience with God. Now you know a guy. To the extent that the information is useful in redirecting someone from a path to hell onto the path to heaven, then you may share the information. No one has to go to hell. And maybe that will help someone. Maybe it will help you sometime. Today would be a good time. Ever heard a testimony like that in church? Let me give you a verse. Write it down. 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verses 9 through 11. Or do you not know that the unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of God? Do not be deceived. Neither the sexually immoral, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor men who practice homosexuality, nor thieves, nor the greedy, nor drunkards, nor revilers, nor swindlers will inherit the kingdom of God. Here's the kicker. And such were some of you. But you were washed you were sanctified, you were justified in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ and by the Spirit of our God. What we've seen this morning and heard is a testimony to the power of God. That when you come into a place of worship, everybody has a past. And Marvin, I appreciate you sharing your story. That takes courage. And we're talking the first time, and he said, it was when I was reading the Word of God that I actually, I couldn't believe it. But it was like God told me I could be saved. Even me. And when we read the Word of God and we hear the Gospel, when someone preaches it, when they share it in a home or in a jail cell or at work, and it's almost like everybody else's junk in their past just fades away. And it's us and Jesus. It's not what Marvin did. It's not what Jeff did. It's not what anybody did. It's me and him. And it's like he tells us what we couldn't believe could be ever true and that we could be saved. And as such were some of you, praise God, that when Jesus comes in, He knows the past and He cleans the past and He makes us to be a brand new creation in Him. And that when we look at the Scripture and we look at Rocky Mountain Baptist Church, there's reason to praise God because of the trophies of grace that are all over this place this morning. And that when you look at God's storehouse, His show-off cases of His trophies, you find things and you find people and you find preachers that the world would say, how could God ever use them ever in a million years? But you see, God's hallway is lined with trophies of grace. And no matter who you are this morning, or if you're tuning in on the radio and the podcast, you need to know that Jesus Christ is a magnificent and a glorious Savior. And He can change your life. He can change your life today. And Marvin, I appreciate you so much sharing your story. And I think that that is, that is telling that Rocky Mount Baptist Church is not a place where it's a Christian prom. It's not where we come together to just look at ourselves and say, how great are we? But it's a place where we can come and say, you know what? If it hadn't been for the Lord Jesus Christ, I would have been in hell years ago. 
that because of his mercy and because of his grace, he enables us not only to be saved, but to be able to be like Marvin was, to be open about the past and about what God has done. Can we give Jesus a praise this morning for his power of the gospel? Yes. And I ask you to bow your heads and close your eyes with me as we enter into this time of of invitation and gospel response. If you've been listening and you say, Jeff, I don't know where I would go today. I just really don't know. The Bible tells us that these things have been written so that you would know that you have eternal life. In this moment right now, turn from your sin and give your life to Jesus Christ and you will be saved. Repent. Turn. Receive the gift that only He can give. And that is a new heart. Forgiveness of sins.